beginning of the Thursday podcast, World Cup previews barrel on. And we're back with Group G, the penultimate of the groups. And that's it. Wow. Podcast's over. That was a great introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Group G features tournament favorites, Brazil. You know that song from the movie? Nope. Cool. Never seen a movie. Terry Gilliam. It's <laughs> never seen any movie. It also has Serbia featuring the Twin Towers up front. Switzerland. Oh, hey, hey. What? There's two of them, and they're big. <laughs> what? I wasn't talking about the buildings. And Cameroon rounds out this group. Uh, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna introduce ourselves for this group because I don't want to be associated with oh, Max's please. jokes. Uh, so we should start with Brazil. Let's just dive right into this. Not give Max more time to screw around with introductions. Uh, Brazil, Brazil. Probably the tournament favorite. Uh, They are the most successful. I think they are the tournament favorite. Yeah. The betting favorite. I think most people's favorite. They're not my favorite. That's why I said most people. I mean, tournament favorite, yes. Likeability, no. No, I think they're like, for me, they're on the very low end. Too much Jaguar on their jerseys. Yeah. Too much Jaguar. I really want Italy to stay one behind them. So I don't want to see them win. Stop. Because then, yeah, 2026. Italy definitely hold all the cards in terms of likability, for sure. Yeah. I think, well, no, I mean, 2026 will be, we can equal them in terms of World Cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I digress. They are the most successful international team throughout history. Uh, they are absolutely star-studded, top to bottom, and in the background as well. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of those stars do support Bolsonaro. Yeah, they're so big. It's a big Bolsonaro team. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, <laughs> Neymar has probably two factors tying into that. You know, one, a lot of religious players on the Brazil team, Bolsonaro, very religious and tried to tie into that. Uh, Christian demographic in Brazil. Also, they're rich and they want tax benefits. So we'll move on. Isn't from that politics. always how it goes? Yeah. Move on from politics. Everyone's a great person until they get some money. And uh, they're probably going to line up in a. It's like technically be listed as like a four two three one, but it's really like a four two four. Will likely be what they yeah. do. I think it probably yeah. It depends on if they're playing a tougher like another big nation. Yeah. In footballing terms, or a team they should easily beat. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll always be. It's when they play a four two three one. If they put Neymar at the ten, it's yeah. a four two four, essentially. Sure. Um, but then if they move like Paqueta. In there, he might stay or a little four, further back. Two, or a four-two-two-two. <laughs> no. Four-two-two-two. No, I don't think they'll two, do that. Two-two-two-two. Because Neymar goes up with your Charleston. Yeah, but no one calls it a four-two-two-two-two-two. No one calls it a four-Desmond two-two-two. Well, I do. Um, but anyway, starting goalkeeper. It's like a diamond midfielder, but a diamond attack. Okay, okay. But like a rhombus, like not a narrow, like like a bat diamond, not a not a skinny diamond. If you listened to Group F before this, you know that Max is just on something else today. <laughs> so please forgive. A rhombus. We'll start an attacking at the rhombus with their goalkeeper, Allison. Yeah, is starting one of the best the, goalkeepers there is. Yeah, one of the five best goalkeepers in the world. But his backup could also claim to be one, one of the five, of the five best, best yeah. goalkeepers in the world. And that's Ederson, who's at Manchester City. Yeah, Brazil so, has they have quite the quite the option there, quite yeah. the depth at 
I think the position Allison gets to start because of his ability to play with his feet and to kind of leave his box a little bit. I mean, Ederson has the same qualities, but I think what separates Allison is, I think what separates Allison is his like shot stopping ability, mm-hmm. especially at close range. Yeah, he's just like a little bit like better. He, the saves I've seen him make in his career in 1v1 situations are astounding. Yeah, he's just like a little bit better. Yeah, I think I agree. Ederson. But they're both excellent goalkeepers. Uh, the back line, center back, should start there. It, they'll use a back four, likely be Marquinhos and Silva as the center backs. Marquinhos on the left, Silva Silva's still on the ticking right. at the age of 38, still mm. playing pretty well. Yeah, and he's been a little, like, showing a little signs of age for mm. Chelsea, but not much for being 38 years old. Yeah. Still a world-class center back. Their backup options are also incredible. I mean, Bremer and Militao. Bremer will likely be Marquinhos' backup because he's a little more comfortable on the left. Mm-hmm. And Militao, likely Silva's backup on the right. They have some other guys, but probably won't see much of them. Yeah. Uh, fullback, Good though, options. is maybe the weak spot of this team if you had to choose one. They'll likely go with Danilo and Alessandro, both of whom play for Juventus, mm-hmm. both of whom are defensive-minded fullbacks, but yeah. still pose the ability to get forward. Which they might need in attack. certain lineups here. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Tellez is likely the backup to Alexandro on the left. He's obviously really good. He's a little not more... Not Danny Alves? <laughs> not Danny Alves, who's the backup on the right. How dare you? Despite being... Well, Danny Alves is on the right. So he's older, plays in Mexico now. If Brazil win... What does he play at? Atlas? Uh, UNAM. Isn't that Atlas? No. Or is that Pumas? Pumas. That's Pumas. Uh, Danny Alves, if he if Brazil win the World Cup, you know Danny Alves would be only the third player to win a World Cup playing outside of a top five league for his domestic league. Is that true? Yeah, really. I did not. I saw this at recently. I was I like, because people insane. go because people go home when they get old and die. Yeah, and I'm, usually, I guess it's also like you know until the mid yeah. to late seventies, people basically stayed in their home country. Yeah, unless they were like. And I guess there's only a certain kind of certain. Mm-hmm stature of team that wins the world cup so yeah the other two countries that have been represented are mexico before with a brazilian uh-huh. and no with the argentinian player and japan had a brazilian player mm. the japanese league did who was older right and so you know like semi-retirement type of trips but i just think it's that's crazy that no one from like the dutch league or the portuguese league that won the world cup either but you know this is an aside but i just thought that stat was insane um so, yeah, Dani Alves, the backup right back. Uh, the interesting thing with their back line is that when they attack, we'll probably see it shift into a back three, and either Alexandro or Danilo will go far forward. Danilo, in particular, might join the midfield, mm. and Fred might move forward up into the attacking group. Uh, but... Or, if I may, against teams that are worse, mm-hmm. I think you could see Paqueta starting instead of Fred in the two. Mm-hmm. They've done that at times yes. in, in the buildup. And then, you know, then Paqueta becomes more of the eight pushing up in the creative role in the midfield. And then, then it makes sense for Danilo to tuck in and to protect the two, yeah. you know, uh, the yeah. two, and Danilo's, the, the protection of the, the center back. Danilo's natural tendency is more to tuck into the midfield than it is to, to get really wide and go down mm-hmm. the line. Alexandre will likely, when he pushes forward, he'll likely just be on the left. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's typically what he does when he pushes forward. And we see it a lot for Juve when they do that as well. So they're very comfortable at moving into that back three mm-hmm. and having one of them go forward. Brazil likely capitalize that. In the midfield, this is where I think there's some questions 
as to who's the starter. Casemiro. I have some. So, I have some really good options. So Casemiro is locked in. Casemiro is the starter. Like that's not yeah. a question mark. Who's next to him is an issue. Yeah, uh, there's Fred the option of Fred has typically been the starter, yeah. but like you mentioned, we could see there's Paqueta. some options. There's Lucas Paqueta and someone who's really been rising in the eyes of Brazil Brazilian fans and the manager is is Bruno Guimaraes, who's since moving to Newcastle been otherworldly. Yeah, he's been fabulous. He's already beloved as a Newcastle player, as a magpie, and I think it's possible. I don't know if he'll start, but I think he'll both Paqueta and Guimaraes will be well utilized in the five substitutes rule. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of things they can do here. Yeah, definitely. And I think the reason I expect Fred to start is that I expect Paqueta to start on the left wing. So there's almost, you know, there's almost too many good players. There's almost too much you can do. Like, I'm almost thinking like, what if they did a hilarious old school looking 4-4-2, mm-hmm. but instead of a being a boring 4-4-2, it was just like, all these good wing players, you know what I mean? It's similar to this, except I'm trying to find a way to replace Rafinha with a midfield player I like more. Yep. You know, like if Guimaraes was out there and a and, and the wide midfielder instead yeah. of... It could be Anthony. Rafinha being well. a... Could be Anthony as well. I'm just like, because I guess we'll, we'll get to this, but I, I feel so strongly about all, a lot of these midfield players that... And, and then I just... I feel like Rafinha is not necessarily as accomplished as some of the or as 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 good on the ball mm-hmm. as some of these other players like I, I would almost rather have two of fred like fred whatever but you know we know what he does well and he's usually he fits the system and does what he needs to do so like one of two of fred paqueta and guimaraes instead of just one of them i feel like mm-hmm. i would almost be more beneficial than having rafinha like gunning up and down the right yeah i, I don't know that. Um, another midfielder we should point out. It's an established take. I'm still working on that one. There's so many. Fabinho will probably yeah. be Casemiro's backup. Yeah, absolutely. Similar positioning. And I, and and I would say, stuff. like, if this was this time last year, I'd be like, how do you choose? Like, they're both so good. They're mm-hmm. both elite. Now Fabinho has had has struggled this season and is clearly, like, inferior to Casemiro, I think, in this position. Yeah. I wouldn't have said that last year again. Mm-hmm. No. I think I'm, it would have been close. Casemiro still would have started. Yeah. Because he's preferred there. But I think, like... I think an argument could have been made this time last year, whereas now... I mean, Casemiro's also had a little bit of a weird year because he moved to United, he was hurt the first bit, and then he came into a struggling team. He's, I think his form is getting there. And it took so long to just get him, like, integrated into the yeah. team. But he's also, like, his position, I think, is one where he's super important when you're good. Yeah. But when you're not a great team around him, you can't... He's not going to make your team he's world not class. He's not Conte. Yeah, because he does. He has a role. Yeah, he's not right? prime he's a, Conte. He's a defensive yeah. midfielder. He's Conte a can defend three guy. players at once. You know? Yeah, I mean Casemiro is super important for these teams, yeah. but he can't score for you, right. right? So if you're struggling to score, if you're struggling to create, yeah, it's not going to turn you into a great team, right? But when you look at a team like this where you have so many talented attackers, mm-hmm. his role kind of takes care of itself yeah. as like a ball winning midfielder, as, as kind of a, a and a mm-hmm. stopper too, as well defensively, like yeah breaking up counters he will probably pick yeah. up a yellow card in every match yeah so that's why does. i'm hoping like i understand that if you're playing france or something then maybe you want that extra protection of the defense with fred mm-hmm. who's just like a tackler <laughs> you yeah. know he's not gonna do much else but mm-hmm. when you're playing pretty much everyone else in this group i'm like i would love to see guimaraes in there or paqueta even guimaraes is in the better form i guess so i'd maybe almost rather see guimaraes next to casemiro than fred in the group stage, anyway. 
Like, I get if you're playing Argentina or whatever, you might yeah. want extra protection. It's a tournament. It is what it is. But I don't know. That's my hot take. Yeah. And moving to the other side of the field, right, away from the protection over to the attack, it Neymar is the star of this team. Mm -hmm. like he's So true. Couldn't have said it better man. myself, David. He's a big man on campus for Brazil. Uh, he's typically lined up as, like, technically a 10 for this team, but he uh -huh. almost becomes a second striker when they're on attack. Um, and then you have... Rafinha. He always shows out for Brazil, yeah. it should um, be said. Regardless yeah. of his PSG form, mm -hmm. this is, like... There's always, like, one player on the Brazil team that's meant to be, like, the focal point and the star, mm -hmm. and the pressure is on him to be the leader, and it's Neymar. And Neymar is, like, a man reborn every time he plays for Brazil. He's yeah. like looks like a completely different person. He's, He's, like, a great leader, a great teammate. He's, like, never, like, seems to be selfish or bitching, mm -hmm. like he does at the club level. I think you see it a lot with South American players in particular. It's just, like, they turn it up when they're playing for the national team. Uh -huh. Like, they just, there's a level of pride that gets put into them. And that the Emirates airlines can't quite bring out. Yeah. That Qatar exactly. doesn't really bring out of you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. As an owner. Like, yeah. It's an ownership group. Yeah. So I think <laughs> you see it particularly with South American players. It's just like that pride playing for the national team. It's something that's really important to them. And Neymar, I think, kind of exemplifies mm -hmm. the ability to step up and get out of any bad form you're in when you play for the national team. Yeah. Uh, next to him will probably be Rafinha and Paqueta. Vinicius Jr. is an option. As well, uh, and Rodrigo is an option. Anthony's an option. So many good options. Mm -hmm. Striker is likely Richarlison, um, especially because Neymar will join them if yeah. it's a. Richarlison has sort of nailed down his place in the last couple mm -hmm. years in the Tite system, mm -hmm. and even it was seemed a little surprising from off from a distance when he was at Everton because you're like really an Everton player is like starting for for Brazil. How far they've fallen, but now I think Neymar is. At least he sort of earned that spot by producing mm -hmm. on the international level. And now I think that he's on Tottenham and maybe people are watching him at the top six club for the first time. I think it's a little more obvious mm -hmm. that the qualities that he has. It is also, they're not a team, like we've said a lot. It's just, there's not like a true number nine and Richarlison can do that. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, yes, he can play on the wing like he does for Tottenham yeah. most of the time. But he can be a true number nine. Gabriel Jesus as well can be a true number nine, yeah. but just I, I think yeah. Richarlison. I'd almost like, like if Richarlison hadn't earned that years ago, my natural instinct would have put be to put Jesus in there mm -hmm. instead of him. But I mean, like, how do you even like if you're picking out of a hat, you'd pick a good like front three here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You could literally choose any yeah. group of players. I mean, and... like Martinelli have an incredible season at Arsenal. Mm -hmm. Rodrigo. What a backup. What a backup of a backup. <laughs> I know. It's insane. incredible. They're just so good. I wouldn't um, start Rafinha again. I, 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 we kind of, uh, we're kind of Rafinha haters, aren't we? We are, a little Which bit. Which is a shame, because last year, when he was playing for Leeds, he was like, I would never hate on Rafinha. I'd be like, he's yeah. awesome. Like, it's, how great is this player to watch on Leeds? Yeah. And now that he's maybe, like, kicking a above his coverage a little bit or, or, or yeah. kicking, kicking ahead past of his coverage. Kicking past his coverage that yeah. I, I think it's like a little bit that's sorry that's an american football no, yeah, metaphor yeah. but <laughs> for for the soccer podcast but I don't know. Yeah. even i think uh, a lot of people really like in brazil pedro the flamengo mm -hmm. player even though he's 25 he's not like a young player necessarily but he's he's more of like a true out and out forward yeah i didn't really know what to think about him because i just have never seen him play that's why he's included so though why, yeah. is like and i guess you always have to have one 
player. That's like the rule. Yeah. You have to have one team, one player on a Brazilian team. Well, they have two because <laughs> they also have Everton Ribeiro. That's true. That's 33 true. at Flamengo. That's true. Solid player. He's just there for the... Uh, and then... Uh, he's there for the emotional support, though, and the yeah. leadership. Yeah. Um, we should talk about when they attack. Uh-huh. So they, like a lot of the better teams, right, end up with kind of a line of five across the front, uh-huh. which will typically be... Either Alexandro pushes forward and then it's a like, two three five or a three two five in the build up, right? Yeah, usually three two five. Three two five. Danilo um, tucking in. Yeah, Danilo or Alexandro tucking into the or back. Casemiro. Uh, Casemiro won't tuck into the back because he'll yeah. probably he'll stay in front of them to break okay. up a counterattack, yeah, sure. likely. Um, and then if Danilo slides, if Danilo can tuck forward into that two, maybe allowing whoever else is next to Casemiro to burst forward into the five, and then Paqueta stays wide. Uh huh. Um, or Rafinha goes really wide. Um, or Alexandro can burst forward and Paqueta, Vinicius can tuck in. Yeah. But one of the things they do with their front five that isn't typical for a team that keeps the ball as much as they do, typically when you keep the ball, you try to push the other team into the box so you can get a cross in or something. They really only have one guy who can get on the end of a cross. Richarlison is basic. And Pedro, I guess, as well. But he's really the only guy that's like a great... Jesus. Jesus isn't Off great bench, at it, yeah. though, for as a striker, right? Yeah. When you look at... He's good. You know, the elite strikers in the world. Charleston is very good at it. Charleston's very good at it. Neymar, not great at it. Paqueta, not great at it. Rafinha, not great at it, right? Yeah. Um, they, you know what they could really use on this team? Bout Veghorst. <laughs> honestly. But the, the way they kind of counteract that and the fact that is that they try to keep it very compact and move their front line further back up the field and kind of stagger it mm. so that they can then find a pass that kind of breaks the line. Uh-huh. Right, so they'll try to drag the other team's back line away from the box and stagger so that maybe Neymar can get a run or Paqueta can get a run and kind of break the line that way. Uh, try to create one-on-one opportunities with the goalkeeper, which yeah. is a little unique for a team that has the ball in like the 60 to 70% range Yeah, because they will see a lot of the ball and typically you don't see teams like shift the front line back that much when they have the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that you know could pose some challenge to lots of teams. And don't really see a true weakness on this team either. Yeah, that's kind of so. scary. This is the best Brazilian team in a long time. Like, at mm. least a decade. Oh, yeah. this is, And Brazil's always good. And like, honestly, they had, for their standards, the last decade they've had kind of a weak team. Mm-hmm. Like, their roster just hasn't been quite the same since 2010. Yeah. But this is a really good team. And it's yeah. the favorites for a reason. And it's also their manager, Tite's last stand. Yeah. He's he's leaving the uh, leaving the job after this, which is the case with a couple of of the managers. But Tite is kind of famous, so. And so when we're looking at you know the key players for this team, Neymar yeah, is obviously key, Casemiro obviously key. I think Danilo is the potential key player for this team, and could be the difference between whether they meaning win if, the World Cup or not. Yeah, yeah meaning if he's the worst player on the team, then and he plays like it. Then, then that's an issue. Then it could hurt them, yeah. But you know, but if he a, doesn't, if he plays like two replacement level, then it might, then it probably doesn't affect them. Yeah, and I think you know teams will try to attack Danilo and Silva mm-hmm. when they are looking at where they want to attack this team. Silva's old. Silva's old, and Marquinhos is like exceptional. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they're go- teams are going to look to attack that side, and Danilo's performances I think will be really important for them if they want to win the World Cup. Yeah, and at least the team we're going to get you next, Serbia has a lot of big physical guys up front and mm-hmm. Kostic being fast on the left too, who could, yeah. who could cause a be lot in of good problems. Pl- place to cause some problems on the counter. Yeah. Um, and then the breakout players that I could see, like, you know, maybe taking a step forward. We've definitely mentioned them, but Bruno Guimaraes yeah. could steal that starting spot. Hopefully. Which I, yeah, Max really wants to see happen. I, I'd be interested to see how he does there as well. 
And then Bremer, for me, if you know Silva or Marquinhos are struggling, putting him in the back line, he's been exceptional. Yep. And Tite has kind of talked at length about how it's he even views himself as kind of crazy for not looking at Bremer earlier. Because yeah. he's been really good for a while, and it took him getting Italian citizenship for Brazil to say, oh, crap, we got to call this guy up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, make sure he doesn't switch. Or so. moving to a bigger team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you moving to Juve definitely helps. Yeah. Um, all right, so World Cup expectations. They got to win. Yeah, any it's World win Cup. win or bust. That's true for Brazil every tournament. Yep. Very true this tournament. Especially this tournament. All right. Where Certainly. they have, I'm going to have said, the best roster of any team. Oh, yeah. Now I that France, with, with the France injuries, mm-hmm. best roster of any Definitely team. agree with you. Uh, Serbia. Serbia. Yeah. I think, I hate the phrase dark horse. And I'm not actually sure Serbia has the balance enough in the squad to do that. Mm-hmm. But so I think Serbia is overlooked as a an exciting addition to this yes. year's tournament they have some really cool players especially up front yeah um let's start up front right where serbia have that's where the fun is yeah a lot of talent they could line up in a 3-5-2 they could line up in a 4-3-3 they have to three, line four, up in a three. two in the front don't they um i fully expect them to line up how in it, a two because, because they let's have... just let's just let the cat out of the bag mitrovic and dusan vlaovic mm-hmm are two strikers who happen to be Serbian. Yeah. Um, both are natural number nines. I think the concern with lineup in a two, right? Yeah. They only brought three forwards. Okay. So they brought Vlaovic, they brought Jovic, they brought Mitrovic. Jovic. So, yeah. Yeah. Jovic and Mitrovic typically only play in a single striker system. Mm-hmm. Vlaovic is comfortable in a two, comfortable in a one. It's just really, really good. But right? you have to play both I of them, I feel like right? you have to play both they're, of them. They're your two best players. I mean, I disagree with that statement. You don't think so? I don't think so. Who's they the other? Milinkovic Savic. Oh, never, I'm sorry. I yeah. forgot about Milinkovic Savic. Um, but they are two of their best players, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Two of their three um, best players. Mitrovic is I also. I feel like you have to find a way to get them both on the field. Yeah. Because Mitch... what's the point? Mitrovic is their all time leading goal scorer. <laughs> and he's 28. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Mitrovic. in the championship yeah. for a lot of that. Mitrovic, yeah, he's gotten a lot. He's always been an incredible striker in the championship. Got a lot of shtick in his two runs in the, in the Premiership. Mm hmm. But this year, he's finally come good at the highest level. Fulham are playing as like a mid-table side, mm-hmm. and he's scoring the goals. He's been great. Yeah. Dusan Vlahovic, we knew, was good from his time at Fiorentina. Yeah. And he continues to be good, even as Juve hasn't been playing up to their standards. We should also say Mitrovic is recovering from a broken foot, uh-huh. right? And kind of rushing back. I saw an article that said we would bring, the coach said we would bring Mitrovic, even, like even missing limbs. Yeah. <laughs> He is so crucial to this team. Just mm-hmm. his presence and you know, kind of capturing what yeah. the Serbian national team is about. I feel like they both have to. There's no I, way you can't play. I agree. I but I think here's if, a question: Are they used to playing together up there? Have they? Did they had any experience in this national team? Playing I together? haven't seen them play together in the national team. Does Vlaovic not start? Vlaovic. I mean, he didn't break out till yeah. you know, last year, right? I mean, so, yeah, but like. But so he wasn't starting until. But last who did year. they? What about in the summer in like Nations League games? Uh, in the Nations League, I, Vlaovic got most of the game time. Over, um, over Mitrovic or yes. instead of like over Mitrovic, Mitrovic on the team? Yeah. But they have to play Mitrovic. They played him as well. They yeah. were almost always subbed out for each other. Uh, or they have played together as that's well. That's interesting. They Okay. Notably, they played together in the 4-1 demolition of Sweden, mm-hmm. right? Which was probably the best game Serbia played. Yeah. And there, Mitrovic got a hat trick. Vlaovic assisted him on yeah. one of them. Because I, I do, I am uh, interested to see how they look off of each other. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... I suppose they could play a style in which they're just, you know, playing direct and lumping it up. One of them's holding up. Yeah. I fully expect if they play together, Vlaovic yeah. will not score. 
That's uh-huh. my prediction. Like Vlaovic will defer the goals to uh-huh. Mitrovic because Vlaovic can, you know, facilitate better than Mitrovic can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also a little bigger, a little easier target man mm-hmm. play there as well. Um, but you know, if they're playing together, also the crosses coming from Kostic and Jivkovic be great. But with Mitrovic maybe not being ready for the first game, mm-hmm. probably a th- maybe potentially a three four two one with Vlaovic up top, who's also dealing with his own injury issues as well. We should say so. It's a lot of question marks around who's going to be healthy for them up top. But even Jovic has been pretty good this season mm-hmm. after a slow start. So, like, they're fine there. Um, then moving back a little bit, probably the 10, if they do do the 3-5-2. Is How Tadic. many Linkoviches are there on this team? Two, they're brothers. <laughs> okay. And there's a Milinkovic-Savic? Oh, sorry. There's, there's three there's Milinkovic-Savic's and, and then Milinkovic. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm just realizing that for the first and time. And <laughs> Vanya, the goalkeeper, is... Sergei's oh brother. really yeah okay is he uh, they're both actually born in Spain oh wow because their dad was a pro player okay um but the 10 is probably Tadic uh-huh. if we do see the 3-4-2-1 Milinkovic Savic who is one of the best midfielders in the world mm-hmm. will move up next to him to be more of an attacking player then further back we have Milinkovic Savic and probably Gudelj Ilic from Verona mm-hmm. Elas Verona could also okay. step in as well uh but then the left wing back, Kostic, one of their strongest. Kostic positions. is good. Really, really probably fast. the fourth best player. Probably, <laughs> yeah. which is you know says something about the Tadic on this be. team. Yeah, Tadic is really good too. I'd put Kostic above Tadic, but I like Tadic a lot. Tadic is still really strong. Tadic is uh, useful too because he can play in all sorts. Like he can, he's you plug, plug and play. Yeah, you know he can play if they're playing like a three four one two. He could play in the ten. Mm-hmm. If he was playing in the, he could play in. Up front in the front line, you kind of play where you can play on the right flank. Kind of play wherever you need him. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most useful player at this team. Like potential issues for it is uh-huh. the midfield, but like you said, with Tadic, his ability to play in a bunch of different spots. Yeah. So can Milinkovic Savic, uh-huh. and then Gudelj and Ilich can kind of offer different things, so they can mix it up in the midfield, yeah. which can mask maybe the lack of depth mm-hmm. that they have there. Yeah, I think like a three-four-one-two would be like my best, my most fun version of the team because mm-hmm. i want to see the two big boys play together yeah i want to see Tadic behind them creating mm-hmm. like that's they also and feel that's like likely what they'll do yeah right? and they feel a very top heavy team to me because you have the creativity of milikovic savic and Tadic, kostic on the right the finishers up top but like where's the balance in this team like can they defend can they how, how's their transition between defense and attack mm-hmm. like why well, don't i don't have a good sense of their back line at all i don't have a good sense of like their other midfield spot you know i just like i don't know i don't know if they'll be able to rise to like a replacement level to for the those stars to accentuate the strengths of the team yeah well let's move on to the back line because it is kind of an interesting back line mm-hmm. right so they use uh back three almost exclusively and you have on the two sides milenkovic and pavlovich mm-hmm. who are both excellent with the ball okay and really good defenders as well yeah um, milenkovic we've seen a lot with fiorentina this year because mm-hmm. you know playing in the conference league which we cover and pavlovic at salzburg you know we obviously watched the champions league as well they put in a great performance and he looked old really is pavlovic 21 yeah he's pro- he's yeah yeah um yeah 21 that's he, exciting when i first went through the rosters and i'm a little mad at the athletic mm-hmm. for stealing this from me uh <laughs> He was a player that I was like, this is a potential breakout star. Yeah. Like, he could be one of the best players in mm-hmm. the group stage that we see. Yeah. And getting to shine against Brazil, potentially, yeah. 
could be huge for him. Yeah, and him and Milinkovic's performance in the back could be a big key to like how how much of a threat this team actually is to advance into the knockouts. I think. Absolutely. Um, and then the central center back, you know, kind of stays a little further back. Uh huh. Maybe Mitrovic, uh, not the striker. Yeah. Mitrovic. Yep, yep. They, they don't have a lot of names in Serbia. No. They don't. <laughs> This one is more of a, he's at Getafe center back. He's uh-huh. he's pretty good, um, but it's definitely not like their strongest spot. You could mm-hmm. also see Darko Lazovic uh, come in. He's more of a he's a midfielder, but if he comes in, you know maybe they switch to like a back four because he can play left back. Um, so like then you put Kostic further up the field, right, and ask Zivkovic to tuck back a little further. So like there's options to switch to a back four as well if he comes in uh but i expect it to be milinkovic and then mitrovic and then pavlovic veljovic is another option i just don't think he's very good my head is spinning with all the itches, all the itches, i can't yeah. keep track i'm exhausted yeah. um but yeah goalkeeper also is that racism a little bit <laughs> <laughs> sorry serbians yeah you're no better than me sorry that made it worse <laughs> it made it a lot worse um goalkeeper they have place that skip button you know <laughs> like well, a like a netflix skip button yeah. over that section we need that every episode say where i <laughs> something maxwell says. skip if you don't want to hear max insulting serbians <laughs> um goalkeeper <laughs> Vanya Milinkovic savic super tall so like that's his strength Thanks. does he do anything else? oh he, he plays at torino huh yeah uh, he's like a real player yeah he's a real player i've his, never heard of him before his best strength is that he's does a he starter. actually play is he a starter yeah, he's a starter okay i've never heard of him before his best strength is that he's really tall okay cool um so i i like him at torino but you know he's a mid-table goalkeeper yep. right he's not it's not spectacular but he'll do the job yep so i don't think it's an issue but it's not like yeah he's not gonna win you a lot of games sure um but yeah, I think the real strength of this team is going to come from Kostic and Zivkovic getting forward on the wings, putting in crosses to Vlaovic and Mitrovic. Uh, key players, obviously Vlaovic and Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. Milinkovic Savic, one of the biggest stars on the team. He's a world-class player. Uh, but he is kind of by himself in that midfield mm-hmm. right now. So we'll see yeah. what he does. He can, if anyone can do it. it's Yeah. <laughs> he is definitely a guy who can win an entire midfield. David's a big Milinkovic Savic fan. I love he him. would have his... Babies. I would pay the hundred million dollars Lazio, hundred million euros Lazio won. I would pay, just for, just for, just to hang out with entry him. reds, just to hang out with him for a day. <laughs> yeah. um, and then potential breakout players. Kind of mentioned these guys: Pavlovic, Milenkovic. Who, I mean, I think we personally know he's very good. Syria fans know he's good, but he just hasn't been able to show that to like the rest of the world yet. Mm-hmm. And then Ilic at LS Verona could be really, really important if they do a 3-4-2-1 because he can be a little deeper uh, in the midfield and his coach at Ellis Verona had a good quote about him or it's not his quote about him but the coach calls him kiddo and he plays like a professor mm-hmm. right so he's a very intelligent passer he can sit back and pick a pass which could be really important for them sure uh, to get the ball moving forward so what do you think Serbia can do I think Serbia is going to get out of the group okay that's my take I, mean, yeah. I had one version of a bracket that had them going to the semifinals. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But I think they have upside. I think their ceiling is a Denmark-type mm-hmm. Euros run. Yeah. And I think their floor is none of this comes together and they go out of the group at third or something. Yeah, absolutely. This is also, you know, for the teams fighting for a second, it's a very tough group. It's a good group, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a solid, like, 
if you'd say if this was a league table, you'd say these are like solid mid table teams. Yeah. Fighting for seventh place conference league. Yeah. <laughs> these are there's like there's like a lot of like like West Ham's and like this and is like, like Fiorentina's. The, it's like the Liga of yeah. the yeah, yeah. the tournament. Brazil's yeah. gonna run away with it because it's just so good. Yeah, they're all like they're the PSG. Yeah, there's like a, there's like Ren. And then we and have Ren, like Marseille, Marseille, Monaco. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the other one of the yeah, other teams? Yeah, let's do group? Switzerland. Yeah, the second year. I find team. I'm gonna be honest. Switzerland, I was really thrilled in their Euros performance against France. That was great. Mm-hmm. They drew three three, one on penalties, and they caused a fight between Rabio's <laughs> mom and Mbappe's parents. A hundred percent Rabio's mom's fault. Yeah. Um, I feel like Switzerland. Well. They always seem to overperform their size and their talent pool. I just f- often find them really boring to watch. They are very They're boring. so boring. They're very defensive. Even though they have, uh, um, what is he called? Alpine Messi. <laughs> Can you, you know what I'm talking about? Is that Jaha? Uh-huh. Or, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's Shakiri. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Chicago Fire star. Yeah, Chicago Fire star is written to Shakiri, the Alpine Messi. Yeah. That, um, that shout out Adam Lowe. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so speaking of the Switzerland team, I think if uh, they, if national teams had like a mascot, right, you know how like American sports teams do, mm-hmm. I think this would have to be the Switzerland Summers because he is <laughs> the only reason they're at this competition. Yeah. He was so good in qualifiers. Uh-huh. They were joint lowest, uh, joint fewest goals allowed in qualifiers in UEFA, tied with Italy with only two goals against, mm. but their like XG was around eight. Which is kind of like, it's like twice what the other good defensive teams had, right? So, like, England and France is actually, it was like four. Yeah. And summer was just spectacular. Mm-hmm. The whole tournament. Uh, or qualifiers, I guess, not in the tournament. And he's great for Gladbach. He was good in the Euros. I mean, it's really underrated and super important for this team mm-hmm. is his performances. They'll likely use a 4-3-3. Uh, d- like... And I look at their defense, though, I'm like, how is this the second lowest scoring team? <laughs> like, like, there's not actually... Char that. is good. Char is Fabian good. Fabian Char is good. He's been playing really well in Newcastle. He plays alongside Botman as, mm-hmm. like, the first choice starting yeah. in, in, in the back two for for Eddie Howe, mm-hmm. for third place Newcastle team going into the break. Akanji's so he's good. good. Akanji's really good. But they're all... He's good. been starting for City. Yeah, because of injuries yeah i know but he's great he's he's proven to be that level of quality so Mm -hmm. like the back two i think are actually in really good i mean akanji struggled before moving to city he was like really good with city though yeah well i I agree with that but i'm also i was shocked when he moved how old he was i thought he was like 23 (laughs) yeah 27 (laughs) crazy um and then every every defender struggles with dortmund to be fair yeah (laughs) weidemer at Mainz is likely to be the right back and ricardo rodriguez the left back and i look at them like the right back and the left back don't inspire too much i I like those they're fine yeah i think the center backs are actually better than you're making them i just i look at the back and i'm like that's four good players yeah but it's not spectacular. I was like, I, that's, I was shocked that they were. I think were... Akanji and Char are, are really solid, to, especially for a country of Switzerland size. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to have them mm-hmm. as my back too. But the fact that they were like the best defense in sure. qualifiers, I was like, that's crazy to me. The midfield. Part of that is just that they play a boring fucking system. They do. They play really boring football. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because Jan Sommer is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's 17 saves against Bayern recently. He's awesome. Yeah. So, uh their midfield. Jan Sommer is... has the is one of the I think if we ha- if we had like three candidate goalkeepers to have like a like a Tim Howard or a mm-hmm. or a Guillermo Ochoa, it's, he's in that he's, he's in, in that, that. shortlist. Oh sure. yeah, definitely. And he's done it before. He's one of those players. He's not gonna win 
the Golden Glove, but he's one of those players that you're like, he might have one ridiculous game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, talk about their midfield a little bit. It's definitely interesting because they play like <laughs> definitely in, they have good they have the, three good they have solid midfielders yeah. yeah but the weird thing is that they're all guys who want to kind of get forward a little bit like who's in your starting three here uh jaha foiler and jabril sal uh-huh not zacharia not zacharia mm-hmm. um but like what's interesting about it is it's a very when they play for switzerland mm-hmm. it's a very negative and defensive midfield mm-hmm. but all three of the guys want to get forward <laughs> like sal basically plays like attacking sal. mid you know, I when like he's so, at his club. Yeah. Uh, Jaha... is having kind of the season of his life right now. Yeah. At club level, he's been... And a lot of... I feel like the last couple of years has been, like, ridiculed at Arsenal. And he plays really well for Switzerland. Now he's actually playing well for Arsenal. Does that yeah. mean his Switzerland form is going to flip and he's going to be bad? Maybe. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's my uh, take. Freuler's also that's my been take. really good for Atalanta. Uh-huh. Has been for a few years now. Um, but, like, any one of them could step forward and cause problems for uh-huh. the other team. So that's, like, definitely a strength of theirs is that... All three of those guys can pose a threat, mm-hmm. but it just where's the, the balance? Don't is, what, maybe what you're, is what you're saying? Yeah, but it doesn't match how they line up and play, right? Uh-huh. When you look at those guys, you're like wow, it's a really attacking, you know, offensive midfield, and then they don't do that. Yeah. So the tactical wonder, where's the them depth to, in this midfield too? Obviously, I mentioned Zakaria, who Zakaria had been missing for much of the year after moving to Chelsea. Like, he was missing for Juve last year, and he too. finally <laughs> he finally played a couple like some appearances off the bench before the break, but he's mm-hmm. not like ramped up. So he'll, I mean, but he's somebody who, with talent off the bench. But who else is coming off the bench who's like an established, I, I, maybe not established, but established at a high level? Like a lot of these guys are playing in Switzerland, or you know, lower level teams. Like yeah. not to, di- it's just, I don't. There's not a lot of like huge quality in the depth here. We should point out also, Foiler hasn't been great for Forest. Like no, I think he's starting just because he's actually playing unlike Zachariah yeah and they both have like it's too hard it's a little hard to judge on, of on talent, Forrest but... with like how many players they're integrating still like absolutely that's a little tough to say but but I think his performances at Atalanta have bought him time yeah you know he's also 30 which is crazy I mm-hmm. when he moved to Forrest I was like that's so weird that yeah. like Atalanta are selling him he's a good player I didn't realize he was already 30 like yeah um but yeah like you said not a ton of great depth in this midfield I mean you have guys like Abashir is at Bologna who are a solid team, but he's not a great player for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Renato Stefan has a lot of experience with the Swiss team, so that could be a bonus. But again, he's playing at Lugano, you know, so not yeah like the highest quality league there, but still solid. Then up front, they'll likely well top heavy too. Yeah, um, definitely top heavy. Um, I mean, Brelan Bolo is the Good star player. of the front. Right there. He's been good for Monaco, but yeah, a little inconsistent at times. Yeah. And maybe a little limited as a striker. Yeah. Um, but he al- offers a lot of other stuff. Solid as well. player, so, though. Yeah. Only 25. Mm-hmm. And then Shakiri is expected to start on the right, which is crazy, right? That he's still a starter for the Swiss team? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. He's had he a great plays, career. He's had he a great, great career. career. He does play for the Chicago Fire right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who didn't even make the MLS playoffs? Yeah. So. And then there's uh, Ruben Vargas on the left. Mm-hmm. Noah Okafor is a other decent option, right? As, as well. Yeah, yeah, I expect him Salzburg. to be the backup striker. Uh-huh. But I could also see him as kind of like a breakout player. Also, in this tournament. You think Seferovic, who has a ton of caps, who's now on Galatasaray, yeah, and, and I, not in his, not in his prime anymore, but mm-hmm. is still somebody who's played a lot for this national team. Yeah, and I think he'll get get time. I mm-hmm. just don't see him being like a starter. 
Yeah. You know, but with five subs, he'll probably come in in most of the games. Yeah. Basically, like, my take on this is that this is your typical Switzerland team. Like, they have some quality. Their players are generally solid, but there are very few, like, pop-out names. Like, we just exactly. went through Serbia. Huge names pop out. Yeah. For And often the World Cup deep runs can will come down to, like, defensive stability and and um you know pockets of brilliance from individuals mm-hmm. switzerland only has the former so yeah. like again it feels like their ceiling is like you know they're organized they finish second in the group and they lose in the round of 16 that's yeah. kind of their calling card you know mm-hmm. which is nothing you know and sometimes they pull a france last summer which is nothing to to smirk at for a country of their size and mm-hmm. You know, footballing history, but I just think it's not a team that excites me very much. Yeah, I mean, I or think, that I don't think I'll be talking about very much in the group stage, or in the yeah, in the group stage. I think their peak is like Costa Rica in twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's is, a, that's a little. This is harsh. a better. It's a better team. But yeah. I'm saying like a tournament like that where you get to the round of sixteen, and then once you're there, I think you're so reliant on summer having a good game. Yeah, it's basically and, yeah, it's basically what they did against France, mm-hmm. except that was instead of like a nil nil game like I expected, it was three three. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> France was stupid. Just some potential breakout players for them. Uh, Breland Bolo, we talked about, starting a striker. Noah Okafor, Salzburg are kind of banking on him having a breakout because they held off on negotiations with Milan and Chelsea after he put in they a They want the payout, huh? They want the payout. They want they to have a good out. World Cup, get a couple more teams in there, kind of boost his price. And then I think Sal as well, well-known from the Bundesliga, but maybe people who don't watch a lot of German soccer. It's kind of a rude thing to call him. <laughs> yeah. Big boy, one point. <laughs> he's not actually that big. No, he's very normal size. <laughs> but I know. really liked using him on Football Manager. So shout out to yeah. Sal. He's good for you. Maybe not super well known outside the Bundesliga, but he's a very solid player. Yeah. Uh, so now for him. Let's go on. Last to team. Cameroon. Cameroon, another really solid African team. I feel like yeah. there's just like every African team is just like solid. I confidently say one of the five best African teams. Okay. I don't know if I agree. Who else would be better than them? Senegal. Yeah. Morocco. One, two, Egypt. Three. Ivory Coast. Four. Yeah, I'd probably have Cameroon. Yep. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I'd rank them behind Egypt, but... I I would. Okay, fine. But this is not okay, really fine. the point. It's not really the point of this. Uh, fun fact. Right? Start this with a fun fact. Mm-hmm. Cameroon are the only nation at the World Cup to represent a unique club with each player. Yay! Yay. That was fun. <laughs> That's all we have. How many about. continents do they cover here? They got a lot. I believe four. They have three. Europe, Africa, yeah. Middle East, it's slash not Asia. A <laughs> it's kind of its own thing now. Yeah. And the United they, States, so North, North America. America. I don't think they don't have, have South, America. South America. Okay, four is pretty good. Yeah. Four is probably is. as many as any other team has, if not the, you know. Yeah, I think it's probably the most. Probably the most. Yeah. Uh, maybe like. Yeah, because none of the Brazilian, none of the South American teams have. Asian yeah. players, I don't think so. Yeah. There you go. Um, bang, bang. Yeah. So they'll line up in probably a 4 4 2 or a 4 3 3, depending on whether, you know, a combi they want to use them as a striker or a winger. Um, their forwards are probably some of the strengths of the squad. Vincent Abubakar, Cameroonian legend, yes. right? He's been doing this for so long. They Known as the boobs. Yeah. Boobs. They also the have Chupa Moting, who's in great form for Bayern. Really good. Good player. Um, Shockingly and- old. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he's 33. 33, yeah. yeah. can you believe that? Even when I'm, like, shockingly old, I still say younger than 33. 
Yeah. But I think he's interesting because, like, he gets memed a lot, but he's always on good teams. Yeah. So there's clearly something well, that... You know managers how, and you know how it is in the Premier League when when you flop in the Premier League mm-hmm. and it's like everybody talks about the Premier League you remember it as a Premier League flop and not as like a reasonable success at PSG and Bayern you know what I mean yeah and he's never gonna be the guy he's never gonna be like the guy who's starting at that level I mean except right now except right now he's starting at Bayern yeah. but you know for as a rotation striker on a top team in Europe it's not a bad place to be you know I think he's just he's just remembered for kind of flopping in England yeah I mean that Stoke team was it's a tough so so I'm not saying it's fair that's just like yeah the way the uh the way it goes sometimes yeah I mean the rest of that with the general consciousness tends to shift towards whenever you play in England yeah just to put in perspective these days anyway the players next to him were like a terrible Jeff Cameron uh (laughs) hey (laughs) sorry watch really watch your mouth Peter Crouch at like the age of forty. You watch your mouth about Peter Crouch. Jack Butland. Okay, you can you can make fun of him. Uh, Joe Allen. So, I just picked up the dog on my lap and I heard like his uh his shoulder just like cracked like oh, mine yeah. do. Yeah, it's the cold weather. <laughs> yeah. Um. You okay? Like, this is just you a okay, really, buddy. Really bad. Yeah. Stoke team. So I don't want to hold him. I feel like he shouldn't be held accountable for that. Agreed. But he gets memed because he's... But I think there's something that managers and, like, directors and scouts see in him that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe as the general public, we kind of miss, you know, since we're not watching the game at that level, mm-hmm. right? We're not... You know, we're not scouts for a reason, right? Um, we are in football manager. Oh, yeah. We're really good really at football good at it. Yeah. scouts. Well, you are. I'm not that good at it. Um, but, I, I just spam scout <laughs> until I find good people. I don't uh, have the patience you do. <laughs> So they can be a really high-scoring team, Cameroon, uh, but it kind of disappears when they play against their best opponents. Mm-hmm. So you know they're also see. a team. And this happens a lot when we get to this sort of team at the World Cup. Also a top-heavy team. Oh yeah, yeah, big yeah. time. I think that's kind of what separates like the good nations from the great nations. Yeah. Uh, historically, midfield has been a huge issue for this team, mm-hmm. and they have one really good midfielder who usually is pretty bad for Cameroon. That's so interesting. Maybe Nguisa, I guess that I wonder if that'll change now because we're talking about Angisa, mm-hmm. who is flying at Napoli right now, playing in that midfield three. But you know he had like his development was wasn't quite linear. Like when he was on Fulham a couple of years ago, he never really hit heights. Mm-hmm. And and then well, was he on Atalanta too? No, um, he was on Marseille. Marseille, okay. And then so I feel like now that he's found his way onto this excellent Napoli team, he's really sort of found his footing at an elite level. So maybe it's just a matter of being in the form of his life to, to perform. Yeah. Um, but even when he's been in good form, like when he was at Villarreal, he was playing pretty well. Forgot he was at Villarreal. Uh, and he kind of struggled for hmm. Cameron when he was there. And then last year, he wasn't very good for Napoli last year. This year, he's been incredible, though. Like Perhaps there's some sort of like burden of being the guy in the midfield rather mm-hmm. than being supported by other good players. I don't know. Yeah, because he does have Lebuk and Zielinski next to him, and Napoli are great players. Mm-hmm. And then Cameroon, he's next to him. Like, <laughs> Pierre Koundé, probably. Like, yeah. uh, Olivier Nitschum, who's at Swansea. Like, you just Yeesh. have... Yeah. Like, they're not not the quality that he is. It is a very top-heavy team. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, you know... A lot of people are upset that Nkulu was brought in. I think rightfully so. He's really slow. It's not very good. <laughs> uh, but we'll see if he gets the starts. I am really looking forward to seeing Christopher Wu. Woo! Woo! 
He plays for Ren. Ren he's only had Ren, one Ren, tap Ren. for Cameroon. Does he is, he? is he start with Teot? He starts in the league. Yeah, with, with Teot, Teot, and yeah. then he doesn't start. And then Joe Roden Europe. starts in Europe. Yeah. yeah, my boy. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting. I mean, Teot is clearly the best player in their back line, but when you look at this for Ren, sorry, yeah, Teot's yeah, yeah, the best yeah, player yeah. in the Ren back line. Wu is, is solid. He's fun. For Cameroon, you know, you're looking like okay, like he's not spectacular, and he might be your best defender. Uh-huh. So that could be an issue as well. But kind of made up by the fact that they have Andre Onana, and uh, mm. probably roided up goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> so he and uh, uh, how 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 would you pronounce this uh, the third choice goalkeeper's name? Oh man, I found or maybe he's the second choice. He on is, Marseille. Yeah, he's the second choice. He actually have his name is Simone. Mm-hmm. I saw the pronunciation of it earlier. Let me see if I can do see it. See if I can find it. I don't. I don't want this to come off as like disparaging. I'm like legitimately just trying to say it. Yeah, he's Marseille's backup, so like we don't. Ngapan Dutumbu. Ngapan Dutumbu. Yeah. Ngapan yeah. The pronunciation guide I have is Ngapan Duenebo. Duenebo. Ngapan Duenebo. Yeah. Which okay. you know, for you reading that off and just like trying to pronounce. A, I messed up the end. A French African name is yeah. pretty impressive. I, it's tough. French stuff is hard for me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have yeah. any frame of reference Especially for French because, language like, stuff. Having French African names in particular can be difficult mm-hmm. because, you know. Two different things merging. Yeah, combining two yeah. very distinct language groups and putting them together. So it's cool. difficult. This is a cool name. Yeah. Uh, he's Marseille's backup, but he's supposed to be, according to Cameroonian and French media and like mm-hmm. other people, very, very talented. Good, and he's only good 19. Prospect. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Cool. Considered one of the best goalkeeping prospects in France. Awesome. Very exciting. They also have good luck being behind Onana for the next yeah. ten years. Yeah, they also have Devis Apasi, who's pretty solid at Aba. So, two MLS players, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you love to see. Nuhu at Seattle Sounders, very solid player. Mm-hmm. He's one of their one of the better players on Seattle, and like definitely one of the better players in MLS. And then Olivier Mbezu is at Philly, and Philly had like historically one of the best defenses. Almost won the MLS history. Cup. Yeah. Uh, Those I think are good, they, decent backup options. I think Philly had the second fewest goals ever allowed in MLS season. Great well, snooze. So. Let's go back to the World Cup. Oh, relax. <laughs> but I would say so that puts like you know there is some talent if, there. If you count, uh, if you count the Middle East and the Far East as two halves of the same continent, but like distinct. That's then not you, how continents then, work, but you, though. But then you can get Shanghai in there. You can get a Shanghai team. And then you get a fifth continent. Okay, should we count, like, Greece and Turkey as separate from the rest of Europe? I'm just okay. saying, the Middle East and Asia are about as different as <laughs> any continent has on different ends. If you don't count England as part of Europe as well, which they don't view themselves, <laughs> yeah. you know, then, then six so continents, because they have a Brentford player. Like, we, we should talk about Brandon Bumo. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, maybe not even a starter on the How? team. How? <laughs> I mean, know. a combi, right? Yeah. A combi's really good, and then Toko combi and Chupamoting. Yeah, so and I, why would you not play Mbumo on the right? Well, because if they use a two, right? Yeah, and, and Mbumo, I would start Mbumo. Yeah, I would. I would try to find at least as like a main substitute around yeah. like the fifty-fifth to sixtieth minute. Yeah, I think he's really, really talented. He's kind of having a breakout season at Brentford. I mean, he's been that having also, breakout seasons for the last two years. That could also be part of the problem, though. Is yeah. He hasn't really been a part of the Cameroon squad for yeah. very long. The thing with so. Mbumo that I think could be useful to them is that like direct pace mm-hmm. that he has he's really quick he really likes he's a dribbly boy mm-hmm. i think that could be especially in a group like this where you're playing teams that want to play slow and have the ball could be useful to have somebody to break f- quickly yeah off of a turnover or mm-hmm. something 
Like, yeah. and as much as I like Chupamoteng and Tokakami, that's not really them, you know? Yeah. They're more like, they'll hold up the ball, yeah. finish in the box. And, I mean, Abubakar as well, you know, he used to be somebody who could break and counter, but he's 30 now. I don't know if he's still got the same pace to him because he's been playing in Saudi Arabia. So, like, kind of hard to tell. because Saudi Arabian League is historically very slow. Yeah, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making that. I'm just no. <laughs> like that'd be such a deep cut for Max. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like yeah, everybody knows. <laughs> but um, you know, but also blue card is going to be used to the heat. The yeah, because he's playing right next. Dude, door. It's not even going to be that hot. It's going to be like in the 70s. That's crazy. That's yeah. so hot. <laughs> it's not going to be hot. Everyone's talking about it. This is why they put in November. It drops to like normal people temperatures yeah. in this time of year. Uh, I'm a little worried about like those night games. It gets cold and. Too. It's, it's not gonna be cold it's gonna be like it's a desert like the, game, the temperature yeah. drops a lot the games aren't gonna be they're gonna be between like like mostly in the 70s i think yeah um but anyway yeah cameroon interesting team uh a couple breakout players i put it's like chupa moting is like a different 33 kind of year old player. breakout player yeah it's a different kind of breakout yeah. player. like breaking out of the idea that he is the stoke player uh-huh. right you spelled in bomo wrong oh sorry in bomo i don't know how to pronounce it yeah. It's EU, not UE. Just for Thank the you. for the listeners out there, it's EU. Yes, uh, I have it spelled correctly. For all correctly. those British people that forgot, EU. I have it spelled correctly it. on our joke. one roster. I got the joke, but cool, I was cool, choosing cool, to ignore cool, it. Cool, 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 cool. No, it's funny, though. Have it spelled correctly on our roster, incorrectly in our notes, because I typed it quickly. Uh, Christopher Wu and, and Bumu as well, potential breakout players. Uh-huh. So, expectations? I think they could, like... Low. Yeah, I think they're probably the worst team in the group, but not by much. So I expect them to fight to get out of this group, but maybe, you know, don't have the expectation of getting out. That Serbian Switzerland might. Yeah, I don't think, I don't love their chances here. I mean, there's a, I guess there's a world in which they're better than we think Mm -hmm. and they can separate themselves. But I think this is going to be a tough one for them to get out of. Yeah. All right, should we do our predictions? Yeah. So... This group kicks off on November 24th with Brazil against Serbia and Switzerland against Cameroon. Max, how do you have this playing out? I have Brazil getting Serbia 2-1 after Serbia scores the first goal. Mm-hmm. And then Switzerland and Cameroon play a boring 1-1 draw. Okay. <laughs> I have Brazil beating Serbia 2-1 as well. Nice. I don't know if my order of goals is the same. I haven't thought that hard about it. That just It sounds like a Brazil thing to do. Yeah. And then I have Switzerland beating Cameroon 2-1. Why? It's a lot of goals for Switzerland. Yeah, I know. I'm like, why? <laughs> I just like look at Cameron's defense. I don't uh-huh. think it's very good. And I feel like they will want to push forward and attack Switzerland, mm-hmm. which could open up space for particularly in Bolo. In the okay. Back. Love it. All right. And uh, November 28th is the second match day. Brazil takes on Switzerland and Cameroon takes on Serbia. I have Brazil comfortably beating Switzerland mm-hmm. 2-0. And Serbia beating Cameroon 2-1 to one in an important game. Yeah. I have Serbia winning that one 3-2. I think you look at two teams with a lot of attacking talent. Mm-hmm. And I can see this being a really fun game. Cool. Uh, I have Brazil beating Switzerland 1-0. I have Summer getting at least 12 saves. But Brazil finding a late goal to get three points. Okay. And then the final match day for this group is December 2nd. Features... Cameroon taking on Brazil and Serbia taking on Switzerland. Serbia Switzerland game, the way I've bracketed it, um, all all to play for there. Switzerland would have to win. They do not. Serbia holds off Switzerland's attacks, scores two late goals, two nil. Serbia advances. Cameroon one, Brazil three. Cameroon also eliminated. That leaves me with Brazil top with uh, nine, 
three wins. Serbia with six. Switzerland and Cameroon both eliminated with one. But good efforts. Yeah. So I have, I believe, coming into this, Brazil already locked up uh -huh. first place. Yeah, so same, I have them same. drawing 1-1 with Cameroon. Because, uh -huh. you know, it can be hard. That yeah, but, but their day, backups just... are Anthony and ja Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> yeah, their backups are still really good. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for Cameroon. <laughs> and then I have Serbia beating Switzerland 2-0. I think Serbia are just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And I think that they... Uh, Switzerland's midfield, I think, isn't going to pose the problems to Serbia that they potentially could. Mm -hmm. And that is how the group plays out. So I have Brazil on seven, Serbia on six, Switzerland on three, Cameroon, solid one point. Yeah, but better than the one point in terms of performance. I think yes. we both agree on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a really interesting race for second place. All right. All right. That was another lengthy one, but another interesting group to talk about. We've only got one more to go, so stay tuned for the feed. Ruvage is coming up. Yeah, so you should go check it out.